Welcome back to the Centre Circle podcast. Um, as you can see today, I'm co well, I'm hosting this on my own because um, Jake went out last night and he won't be fit for purpose this morning. So, um, I can you can see we're delighted to have our first guest of the series on. Dog, get down, man. Um, and it's someone who I know well, and I'd imagine people would love to hear from. So, Ku, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Yes. You okay. Bad. All good, good, mate. Good. Yeah. All good. How's life treating you? Yeah, life has been been well. Obviously, I've been in the in the academy scene for over twenty years now. Um, just recently left. I'm running my own business now, doing one to one football coaching with beginners, grassroots, and even elite players. Uh, so yeah, so it's in the last. It's a business I re, realistically I started it about two two or three years ago, but the problem obviously with my older job and with um, COVID, it didn't really take off. So it's really it's only been really the last couple of months that I really decided to you know what I've got this business, might as well make it work and concentrate on it. And and the last two months has been really really um, busy. So yeah, so I'm I'm in a good place and I'm happy doing what I do. Yeah. Good. So it's like so it's youth, so younger players, and then you got your older players as well. Anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's from various abilities. We've got younger players, uh, really from five all the way to to adults or senior football, you want to call it that, and it's boys and girls. Um, it can be from the very, very basic of somebody who has never kicked a ball before to somebody who obviously in who obviously who plays in a reasonable good standard. So yeah, so there's a variety of abilities and, and, and age group and everything all together. Yeah. Well that's good. Whereabouts is that? Whereabouts you do it? Uh, I'm based at the moment, I'm based at Aldershot Park, um, purely because obviously it's 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 well, it's free because it's a park and obviously at the moment because it's daylight. It fits me because most of my work I do is is, is really um, early evenings from so roughly from about half three all the way to about half seven eight o'clock. So I do do that. Um, so so the park at the moment because because it's free as well. So after playing, so that that's really good. Obviously, when it starts getting um, dark in and September ish, I have to look for a venue uh, for for lights. So that's the process I'm working on. But one thing I want to get into now, I'm dealing with four or five football agencies, which, which obviously trying to um, train their players who got in their books. So it could be players from professional academies who've been released, want to go back into academy or players who've been released from a professional club as a professional. Obviously, once I was open to get a future trial, to so get them up to speed. So I'm tapping into... Um, football agency at the moment, which obviously that will affect me probably doing some sessions daytime because obviously some of them will be available. And I'm open to do that at Surrey Sports Park, which is obviously a reasonable, good venue. So, yeah, so it's lots going on. Um, so, yes, I'm yeah very happy at the moment. It's going well then, yeah? Yes, it's going well. It's like any business, you, you, you know, you start slowly and you've got to put a lot of work into it. And, and the more work you put into it and obviously the more uh, reward you get. And obviously you need to obviously make sure you produce 
good products because those people that you do, your customers, shall I say, they're the ones that will obviously advertise for you and tell people how good or wherever you are. They're the ones obviously can get you more clients. So it's very important that when you do have clients, you um, yeah, yeah, you, you obviously make they enjoy it, but make sure you receive, do the best you can because they're the ones who are going to get you the um, yeah, put the word by mouth, and it's always a powerful tool, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But obviously, the clients that sort of come, they've got to put the effort in with you as well, otherwise, they're not gonna, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's, it's it's like really a personal care, a personal trainer, really, obviously. Uh, when they come up with their parents pay for them or uh, some adults obviously pay for themselves they're there for one thing yeah they have to put the work the work in because there's no point in having somebody like me and paying for something if you're not going to put the work in so yeah and and to be honest they all come with enthusiasm and and loads of energy and they do listen and they do take some take things in and they really work hard so and most of them are still with me so yeah, so it's it's an ongoing process. Yeah, good. Um, is there anyone at the minute you're coaching that has got any trials at the minute, or is there any ones that? Yeah, I've got, I've got, a, I've, yeah, I've got a boy who was, um, who was, who was originally spent five six years with Chelsea Academy, um, and he got released when he was sixteen or seventeen. He lost his way a little bit. He came, he, he came over to me, or his, his dad came over to me six months ago. Uh, I've been working on him because he's got future trials coming up. Um, and he, but he wants to be in a, in a better place in terms of when these trials come up. Uh, I think it's a, it's a, one is a championship side and one another one is a League One side. Um, so but he wants to be in a better place. So at the moment, he's really working hard so when this opportunity come he can he's got he's giving himself a chance so yeah i've got one who's in the future near future he's uh, open to have a trial at um at a professional club yeah brilliant um so tell us a little bit more about sort of how you got into like how you got into football because some, some, <laughs> people, some people don't just you know some people are just you know naturally just getting it and you know some are just sort of coached into it so tell us a bit how, how you got into it yeah I mean my my dad was a very very sporty person he was into his football uh, and as uh, as a young child I was always kicking balls about always I mean always interested in in, in the game and watching obviously TV of whether it be FA Cup or whether it be um, World Cup, thinking, wow, wow, and some of the amazing players and at that time and stuff like that. So it was always something that, to be honest, as far as I know, I've always been interested in. And luckily enough, like all boys, you end up playing for a boys' team as you go learning. You, you, you may get spotted uh, like I did. I went to Brentford playing the youth team. Um, and then from there, I got went into Aldershot when they were league club, um, playing their youth team, got a professional contract, uh, was there for two years in my professional contract. Then, unfortunately, I had a, a car accident. I was out of the game for about I don't know six months, something like that. Um, so in between that time, a new manager came in into the club. Um, when my contract was up, because I did the club were going through a financial situation, so it was just, it was easy to, for me to or for them to say, we're not going to offer you a new contract, which was fine. So I would find myself obviously 
you know, all I've done is football. What, what am I going to do next? What was the next best thing? So, and I still obviously was still young, wanted to still play. So, found myself playing non-league football. Uh, while I was doing that, I decided I'm going to start um, investing myself, start doing some coaching because I enjoy being with kids. I enjoy obviously coaching kids at the time. Uh, and I invested in, in, in going to several loads and loads of FA courses. Uh, and yeah, so that's that's where it really started to really build up from there. Yeah. Who did you who did you support growing up? Oh, I was a Liverpool supporter. Was you? Uh, yes, I was a Liverpool supporter. Um right. uh, my 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 idol when I was growing up was in that time was um Kevin Keegan, when he used to play. I know probably some people, younger generation, probably might not remember him. But yeah, he used to play. And I was very, when he left uh, to go to Hamburg, which was in Germany, it was a very, very sad, first sad couple of weeks. And then um, Kenny Daglish came in and replaced him. And to be honest, I never looked back. Yeah. Kenny came and that was it, really. But yeah, I've always been, yeah, I've always supported Liverpool. Liverpool and... Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's they were they were my two idols at the time, um, yeah. and Kevin Keegan and um, and Kenny Dalglish. Yeah, that's some replacement, isn't it? Kenny Dalglish coming. Oh, I mean, it, it, to be it, to be honest, when someone like um, Kevin Keegan left, you never know one who's going to replace him and two what they're going to be like. You don't know, but he, he he came in and to be honest, he probably did more. Because he was he was there for a long time as well, and became manage, manager as well. Yeah. And yeah, he did. Yeah, he was like, yeah, it was Kenny Daglish, so it was Kevin Keegan. Was that was gone? It was Kenny, King Kenny. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously Liverpool at that time, they had it in the eighties, and they had a, a well, they had a very top team, brilliant team. Yeah. And people say, well, okay, you were supporting because they were winning it, everything, probably. But um, they had, they had a good team, and it was yeah, it was nice. Um, yeah, then those younger years of my of my life yeah yeah did you do you enjoy watching the Liverpool team back then or the team now um different directions the game has moved I mean what I would say the team back then they win they, they was they were winning constant constantly every season something would it be the Champ was now called the Champions League or the League Cup or the FA Cup. I know Liverpool recently, in the last couple of years, have won things, um, but um, it's taken them a long time. And I mean, obviously, they won the league for, for when he Premiership statement and that they never won it. Um, I would say back then was uh, I enjoyed because we had some great players. I must say, players that are not good now. They play for Liverpool. They are, but um, back then we just yeah, I prefer. Back then, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, so you've touched on Brentford a little bit. Where yeah. so where were you playing when you got scouted for Brentford? I was at, lucky enough, I was playing for Mitchell Athletic. Right. Uh, Mitchell Athletic, which is just not far from here. But um, yes, yeah, so um, I was playing and... Um, I think this guy um, obviously um, went and spoke to my manager. Like, obviously, they did the right thing. Um, my manager obviously then went and spoke to my parents. And um, it really basically went from there. So like me, they invited me to go to sort of come for a trial or training or to start with. See how, 
I'll get on, I'll see if I like it, or if they like me and that sort of thing. I was, I was there, I was there for about, I was in all this trial period, because I had like a six weeks trial period. Yeah. And after that, they um, decided to um, sign me up. Then it was called a schoolboy form. And basically what it means that uh, in those days, if you sign a schoolboy form with a, with a professional club, you're without, you can't go anywhere else. You're without, you're without club until you leave school. Right, okay. Regardless, um, which obviously is slightly different now, but yeah, then it was called School of Excellence, whereas now it's called obviously Academy. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I signed a schoolboy form. But the funny story about that, the day I, the, or the evening I, I signed, because we played London district team, and I always remember I scored like a, like a, a amazing, well, got beat about four or five players and scored. And literally after the game, the, the Brentford manager came, came up to me and we got, basically got the school board forms letter there and then for me to sign it. And I was like, I'm in an R in, obviously my parents. Anyway, we signed it. And that evening when we got home, my dad got, uh, got a phone call from Arsenal scout that they were watching that game. And they would like to obviously talk or invite me or talk to me to go to Arsenal. And then that's when obviously my dad said, no, we can't because we just, tonight we just signed for, um, for um for Brentford and I was ah oh, I said well that's it and you can't go anywhere until you leave school so God knows where that path would have taken but obviously yeah. I can't think about that but yeah so yeah so and that was that's that's um a very very weird story like that went obviously because um, when you play any game just not what level you never know who's watching the games you never know who's, who's there who's watching and sometimes apart from being talented you got to be in the right place at the right time have a little bit of luck as well that comes into yeah. it as well. Um, but yeah, so that was really weird. Uh, I could have gone a different path. Who knows? <laughs> would have been interesting. Would have been interesting. Um, so how long were you at Brentford then before you then? Signed? I was I was at Brentford for three seasons, um, yeah. and then what happened was I didn't want to do the apprenticeship. I wanted to stay on for another year at school. As in, because then it was called, we, 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 we did O levels, not GCSEs. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to stay on at school. And they basically, they offered me apprenticeship and I turned it down. And they had the right, they weren't very happy, they said, put it that way. Right. But what they said was, I can come in like a like a day, whenever there's holidays and stuff like that, I can come in with and, and obviously train with the, with the other boys, but that was fine. But I found that I, I, I found that when I was coming, because I was missing a lot, and most of those boys, obviously, I was with. They obviously they were full time, they were training every day, and I and I got sort of left behind. And, and the attitude I was getting from the club was, you know, it was basically time for me to leave. Um, and then, and then Oldershot came in and said, "Look, we're happy to give you." one year apprenticeship because the apprenticeship was normally two years mm -hmm. so I have to give me one year apprenticeship and we like they were eager to sign me so after my year at um yeah at um staying on that school i went and joined um um older show and i had a year to basically prove myself to get a, a contract whereas it was normally would have been two years yeah so so yeah so that's i left and went when they had a year and uh luckily enough i got signed in um, professional terms after the year brilliant you must have there must have been like a big sort of sigh of relief 
Uh, I was, it, it's hard because when you know, when you, you obviously you've got your each age group. Obviously, I, I came as a, as, as a as a second year, but obviously, and uh, you got to a relationship with the second years. We had we had about eight or nine second years at the time. Uh, good and they were nice people. Some of them, I still keep in touch with them. Mm-hmm. I always remember that day where we had to go up one by one upstairs in the manager's office to yeah. basically tell you whether you're going to be kept on or whatever. Uh, and the first four that went up. Uh, you can tell by their face coming down that, um, yeah, they were basically they weren't going to be offered anything, and it was really scary. And then, then, it, then when it came to me, it was like, I mean, it was it was all about four or five steps, but it looked like it was like six miles going up because it was really. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, this is your your sort of your career. This could make or break you, sort of thing. And then, and then you little, you sit down, and obviously the, the manager. This is the first manager in his big desk, big chair, sitting down, uh, like looking at you. Goes, yeah, cool. How do you think you've done? You know, what, how do you think you've done this year or this this season, or whatever? And he said, "I think I've done all right." And he like he paused and then, and then you don't know what he's going to say next. It, it was so, um, yeah, it was a very very daunting and nervous thing at the time. Until when he said, "Right, we are going to offer," and so yeah, when he mentioned that word, you we are going to offer you something. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and then it's okay. Yeah, and then that was good. But the funny thing is, yeah, obviously, I came down was obviously happy myself, but I felt sad because obviously we, we were going to lose some some of these colleagues or yeah. some of these friends of that were obviously playing, which was sad. So, yes, you were inward. I was excited. I was excited, but outwards, obviously, I felt sorry for some of the some of the players. And out of I think out of eight of us, they only kept on, or they only offered three of us um, contracts. And it, it's it's such a I mean it happens obviously now now I call it academy that you could have twelve of your age group in the second year and nine nowadays because they said now it's only ninety five percent of players make the grade or whatever and then out of you probably if you've got fifteen second years probably might you might be lucky like something like Chelsea for instance you'd be lucky unless you've got a good group if you get three or four that they let yeah. now for contracts and the rest just have to go. And, and and when you've been with that group, if you've been there for two years or three years, or you've been with them, you can obviously as under eight, nine, wherever I've grown, and it's really, you feel if you get a contact, you feel good for yourself, but you feel sad because these are people you've sort of grown up with. So it's a very yes, yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a ruthless business to be to be able to have that. I mean, yes, I mean, yeah, but it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you, like, do you think you know? So, you know, your you, you players that get released and stuff, do you think clubs, the clubs that are sort of releasing these players, do you think they should sort of maybe try and help them find another club? Or Yes, yes. I mean, some clubs do a lot. Some clubs, obviously, when you're academy, you, they, 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 they tell you, obviously, make sure you take your education seriously and find your other, you do other courses apart from, obviously, just playing football. And some clubs do care and they do... Even after you left them, they, they try and do a lot for you, and but not majority of clubs do it. And it's only recently now that I think it's Crystal Palace, they, they do a scheme where even after players who've left them, uh, if they need their help, even three years later, they still help them. That's and brilliant. then they encourage them to be, whether they want to go to university or do it, uh, 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 and I want to become a, a painter or a farmer, where it is, but they do help them. Whereas 
years, years ago, you'd be like, you don't get off with something and 90% of the time, that's you, you're on your own. Yeah. And literally you're on your own or you and your family on your own. And sometimes it's really, especially if you're a young child, a young teenager, I'm mean, about 18, 19, you've been through the system of on the sevens, on the eights, on the nines, all the way you got, you got given a scholarship. And after your two year scholarship, or then, then you're told you don't want it anymore. And that's all you know. And, and yeah. you're, you're left on your own. And, and some players, you get, they got lost in the game. Some players go different ways. That's, that's why between 18, I would say between 18 to 23, whether it be grassroots, whether it be a professional level, players get lost. So many players, and I fall out of the game because of where they get treated or they, they get lost or they can't make the jump from youth team to reserves on and a lot of players are that, that those age group that get yeah they get lost out of the game so many yeah. so many yeah obviously you don't hear from you don't hear that you don't see that or yeah. all you see is that players made it or that players made it but what about the players he was with and he grew, grew up with or he went through the, the system with you don't hear, you don't hear that no. So yeah, I think clubs, especially professional and Premiership clubs, Championship clubs, especially those sort of clubs, they should take do more. But to be honest, all levels, yeah. even even same as probably non-league level as well, and because it's their duty of care to look after these boys. They go on the course with you that you find exit routes and try and help them as much as you can. Uh, but yeah. That's what I feel, yeah. Should, should happen yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I don't get now. No, I, def- I agree with that definitely. Um, did you did you did you enjoy it at all the shot? Was it a good few years? All the shot, yeah. All the shot was good. I mean, I, I always say it's my I was like it was my first club sort of thing, but yeah, all the shot was good. Um, uh, it was the only period obviously was when I had, had an accident, I obviously I was out for the, out of the game for a while. Uh, but all the show I found it, yeah, it was it was hard. Um, but yeah, it was was good. Loads. I mean, one of the players I used to play with, um, you probably know, I probably heard of Steve Claridge. Yeah, also heard of Steve Claridge. Lovely, hardworking player, exceptional player. Went on to obviously bigger and better things and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, um, but yeah, it was just as a youngster when you get, when you get into that environment of youth, youth into first team, you're now now training, you're in part of the squad of first team, and you still, you, you're with now experienced players who've been around the block or, or players making their way, and it's you know, it's different levels, isn't it? Different levels, yeah. and you train with them now, you're not training with the, your 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 age group anymore, you'll be training against older, stronger, you know what I mean? And you've got to somehow adapt and get on with it and all that, all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, everything changed then, but yeah, but it was good. Yeah, it was good. It's a shame, obviously. I had, um, I, had, I was out of the game for a while, and and, it, and like like all the time, they were going through like most clubs going through financial um, issues, like most clubs do. Yeah. 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 Um. So we will. Let me do that. Um. So coaching then. You started. Where did you start your coaching then? I started coaching while I was uh, while I was while I was a youth team player at um, Aldershot. We used to obviously go to um, schools and do I don't know PE and stuff like that for the club. And the, in the, 
the pros never used to want to go, so they used to send the youth to go and do it and stuff like that. And I used to do community or half-term courses, half-term um, and, um, camps and all that sort of thing. So that's why, yes, that's where I started and I enjoy being with, doing that sort of thing. So I thought, that's when I thought to myself, well, no, and obviously when you're apprentice as well, you, you get to do your your level, well, that called, they wasn't called level one, but your level one badge as well. So yeah, so that's where the process really started yeah, in terms of coaching, yeah. Brilliant. Um, so I want to touch on Brendan Rogers at Reading. Did right. You, so you was, he was the manager at Reading. You was... Brendan, Brendan, well, first of all, uh, uh, I... When I was apprentice, or when I was apprentice at Aldershot, we used to have one once a week. We used to go to college, and we used to go to college with the Reading youth team lot, same age group, and Southampton. So people like Jason Dodd and people like that, Francis Benali, I knew them all. So we used to all go to college, same college together. Do or if we have to, if they go like a referees course, their apprentices have to do. We used to all do it together. And Brendan, Brendan was a youth. First of all, Brendan was a youth team player at. Um, at um, Reading, and um, he um, he came from Ireland at the time, and he, he was staying in digs at, in, in Reading. And he was he was a very very skillful player, but he had lots and lots. He was always injured, lots of in, That's what set him back. Then later on, I when I started working at Brentford uh, at Reading as as a, a, one of the academy coaches, and um, that's when obviously Brendan came back, and he went started going to into obviously coaching and, and working with academy boys. So yes, yeah, so that's a, yeah, so I knew as a player, then I knew him again when, when he started his journey as a, as a coach. Yeah, that's good. So you was in the, so he was first team manager at Reading and then you was in, did him with the Yeah, right, right. when we started, Brendan was doing, the, he, he managed on the 10s, on the 11s at the time and I did it on the 12s. Um, and then, uh, a new um, director of football came in, um, and the, uh, they sort of liked Brendan, and then they pushed him up a bit. Then he started working with more older age groups, 15s or something like that. Uh, and then, and then from I mean, I'd left by them, and then he um, went on to become all from a, from a full-time job because it was that table's part-time, and he ended up doing the he was youth team manager. Right. Uh, yeah, and he, he when when what Brendan did was when when obviously when when I left the professional game, went into non-league football. I was sort of I was sort of playing non-league football, but still wanted and still doing coach, trying to do coaching. So I was trying yeah. to do both. I mean, whereas Brendan, Brendan didn't want to play uh, when he when he went because of his injury, he, he went and played at Newbury. He didn't really like it. He said, "No, I'm just." No, I don't want to do that level. It's too low, whatever, because yeah. I've got absolutely injuries. I'm going to just going to concentrate on coaching. So he, he forgot. So he stopped playing, literally stopped playing totally about 20, 21. I decided that I'm going to go into coaching. Um, that's what I'm going to concentrate on. Um, yeah, so, uh, which is a massive difference. I was still thinking that there might be a chance of getting back into pro yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. And I, I still want to play. Then I still want to coach. I was been doing this, doing that, doing that, doing that. Where is not. Well, none of that. It just went into now. I'm going to control on coaching, uh, and and to be even at that time, he was he was a very good coach. He was a very good coach. His uh, manner, his him, and everything was very good. And then, and uh, and the new director came in, and then uh, and then they offered him a 
a full-time job uh, doing the youth team. And then eventually he went on to be director of the academy. Yeah. And then when Jose Marino um, um, first came to Chelsea, obviously they had a lot about Brendan or through obviously other people I told about him. He got Ed, Ed Unted by, by, by um, Chelsea to go there. And he went from there to, to Chelsea, did the youth team there, did the under-23s there. And then, because he's very, I don't know if you know, but he's very, very good friends with Jose. They're good friends. Yeah. And they've got to, yeah, they're good friends. But yeah, that's, so that's, that was his pathway. And obviously he's been a, as well as you know, he's been a very successful um, coach um, um, in this, obviously, in recent years. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. I never knew that, to be fair. Um, yeah, he started off at Burn, he started off at Reading as coach um, with the youngsters, and then he developed from there. And he was he was in one zone. I'm just going to concentrate on coaching. I don't want to play football anymore. I'm just going to. I want to work. Do this. This is what I want to do. And 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 yeah. So that's what he did. Brilliant. Um, so after so after Reading, then so you've coached and managed at sort of different teams: Farnborough, AFC Wimbledon, Egham. Hampton and Richmond in, you know. How what's the difference, the, the big difference between coaching and managing? I know it's probably sounds like a bit of an open question, but um well, I mean when you when you when you obviously coaching, you're more closer to the players to start with, yeah. and you are Obviously, you you organise the training. What you're going to do? Manager says to you, look, today we need to work on, I don't know, defending play. Then you have to go and organise that, and, and obviously and, and deliver the, that session. So you're more close to the players, and you're working with the players. Um, that's the only way to describe it. As a manager, you you more manage the players. You talk to them. You make sure they're okay because obviously, if they're okay, you know what I mean. So you're more yeah, so you more you more do that off off football, so if you want to call it yeah. that, you manage your players. I mean, but obviously, in recent years, now now as you know, most especially most pro clubs, do that. There's only a few still have called them have a manager, called a head coach. Whereas yeah. now, and some managers or some head coaches. They still deliver the session as well as do that. Even in, even in the amount of twenty five staff or whatever, I'm yeah. not saying the staff don't do things they do, but they still front it. And, and I mean, and the typical example I can give is Brendan. Brendan, yeah. even up to this day at Leicester, he still delivers sessions. Yeah, he still go, does it. Yeah, if obviously if you split the groups, these other coaches might do. I mean, different things, but come to actually where he wants to play and all that sort of thing. He does the sessions. This is yeah. what I mean. He does where he's gonna have manager like probably Alex Ferguson to give you a clue. Towards the end of his career, he didn't get involved with that. He let the coach, he tell the coach what he wants, but the coach, wherever, he'd be there just watching, talking to players, making sure they're all right, and that sort of thing. So there's there's different ways of of, of doing it these days, but yeah, but you can do both if you've got the right staff, right people around you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so it's, um, yes, and so, like I said, nowadays, like Klopp at, at, at um, Liverpool, he delivers sessions. Uh, and also, the other coaches deliver sessions. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, you could have, you could have, I mean, when I was at Walton, I would say when I was at Oldershaw, um, the manager was Adley, he was never, he was always in his, in his, in his office, never Adley to come out, up and come out to try or to the training field. It was always the coach that did everything. I mean, the only time now and then you see him, but the difference was when he was at, out uh, with us, the trend was not sharp and quicker and tempo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everybody like because he, he was there watching. So everybody, what do you, I'm not saying what they didn't do it for the coach, but it was a slight, definitely raise when the manager is there. And I'm sure the same happened. Even though, like for instance, Alex Ferguson might not be taking the session, but in by him just seeing being there, you know the boys are going to be putting it in. Don't there be no? You know what I mean, yeah, the major difference. Um, um, but yeah, so that that's a difference. That's a culture more. You're more closer to the players. You obviously organise training. But as a manager, you manage the players, making sure they're happy and that sort of thing, talking to them, what you want them to do and that sort of thing. So, yeah. At QPR now, they've got a head coach. So, as a head yeah. coach, will they, so they'll be doing the whole lot, the managing and the coaching type thing. Mm. <laughs> no, I think um, sometimes the difference, the head coach basically, he... Doesn't get involved with the um, recruitment of players side of it. So whereas obviously the the, the they've got obviously the guy that does all that recruitment guy goes we go to him to head coach look we're looking to bring in this player what do you think about that player where that and he says yeah well he should say yes or no if he says yes then the, the recruiting guy goes and does all the work to get that player in. So whereas the head coach just control on basically coaching and managing team, whereas a manager, some managers, obviously, they do that side as well. Yeah. So they, they talk to the agent of that player or wherever. So for an head coach, basically, the reason why they say head coach now is that they take that way, that, that side of things from it, from them. They still have the same, well, they should still have the same who comes into the club or they should say, but, but then again, you have other clubs that doesn't matter. They will bring in the players, whether the manager likes it, all these, whether the head coach likes it or not, all these job is to coach them, find a way. I mean, so there's different ways of doing things, different clubs. And yeah. so, but yes, but that's the, that's the, that's why I say head coach really control on the players and coaching and all that sort of thing. Whereas the manager does both. Um, yeah. Manager talk to the players, bring in and all that, does all that side of it as well. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk a, talk a bit about Farnborough then, because that's how I know, that's where I know you from, and obviously, um, interesting to know. So it was like a it was like a scheme, wasn't it? It was like a college scheme. Yeah, it was a government um, college scheme. Um, was level level two, level three in in sort of leisure. Uh, uh, it was a leisure cup sports course. Um, with this scheme, obviously, it was it was a two year scheme where you are training and playing football uh, and then doing a course uh, a course in terms of all to do with sports as well. So every you talk about the body, how the body works and all that sort of thing, you know. So, yeah, so it was, it, it was relationship that the education side, because obviously being a sports sort of thing, they thought it was easier than the people who, the more people will be interested, apart from playing football, people obviously in, in doing a course, people that actually, want to know more how the body works, what sort of thing you should eat and that sort of thing. So yeah. So that's they designed the course and it was a it was from the government, yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of uh, I've seen there is a lot more 
clubs or sort of offsets that are sort of doing these type of courses now? Do you think... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, go on. Uh, do, do you think they're a good thing or do you think maybe they need to be revamped or, or what? I, I, I think they... I think when it first started, when they, the government decided to do this sort of course, um, it was done properly, as in that the money from the government was was went back to other the staff to pay the staff or to pay for facilities uh, to make things improve. But over the years, especially with football clubs, not only football clubs, not all of them, most of them, what they've done is they've used the money they should be spending back on the scheme. They've used it to go towards paying for electric bill, or paying for first team wages, and all that sort of thing. Right. So they've done. You know what I mean? So, so I mean, clubs who started this scheme about 10, 15 years ago probably still got the same facility, the same thing, same that they've done 10, 15 years ago. Whereas they haven't moved up in yeah. time. If you know what I mean? That's yeah. a, that's a, and obviously, and now. They're, take, they're not taking on some clubs and some private ones. Don't take on the right people with the right qualifications as well. That hasn't helped as well. So because of all that situation going, the the money used to be for per per, um, per player used to be about four four and a half five thousand. But it sounds like songs a player finishes or does it finishes each each year, obviously. But now because lots of people doing it, whether it be private, whether it be professional club, and uh, sorry, some professional clubs, the money for individual now is probably about 1700, 1500. So it's gone right down. And obviously through, through off step, through their fair, they're going around now looking at where clubs do run their their, their, their courses and, and they've got the right staff and, and there's been a lot of um, clubs and private clubs that they had to um, the government or they, they'd stop them because of where they were doing it and that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Because of Ofsted as well. So, yeah, so that now it's, it's, it's been diluted so much that um, sometimes people, not everybody, like I said, not every club, some club really abuse it. They don't, they don't really care about it or what, what players, whatever. The more it's all about, let's get that money, let's spend it on more more on the club or the first team and that sort of thing. I'm not saying every club do it, but yeah, yeah. that's where it's appeared that, that people don't spend the money back on getting good stuff or make sure the boys get good facilities or spending on getting a coach for a wait. And I mean, all those things to put back the money, that's what it is for. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's what's happened. So when, so when I sort of signed up for it, and I know, I'm, I assume it was a few, a few people, it was... Yeah. we were sort of under the impression it was like a an academy type thing, but it was more like a college, wasn't it? It wasn't it wasn't really or would you class it as an academy? I would but that's another another word. We uh, with non-league clubs, we shouldn't be calling calling these games academy because that's a big word because you're basically saying you you want you if people don't know you basically say you want the same thing as what Chelsea do, which yeah, is yeah. <laughs> totally. I mean, two different. They got elite players, elite facilities, elite coaches. Remember that? I mean, just different ball games. So, I think with non-league clubs, 
they shouldn't call it academy, they should call it um, and, uh, 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 and, uh, a football scheme or, or, or s- s- not academy because they're not really academy. Yeah. Uh, really, the, the, that word, the academy word is, it's, yeah, you shouldn't call it because you can't compare, I don't know, Farnborough Academy to Liverpool Academy if, if you don't know. Because you probably, yeah, yeah. If, you don't, if you just popped, you don't know what's going on, you think, oh, Farnborough is the same academy as Liverpool. No, it's totally pretty different. You know, different. If you if you didn't know, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. the game now, but the only club shouldn't call it academy. I, I feel they should call it something else. Uh, call it uh, education program that involves yeah. you playing football. That's what it should be called because that's what the problem is as well. The players coming in, and because you can have one or two who've been with academies like QPR or whatever, and obviously when they become 15, 16, they get let go. And they think, okay, coming to something lower like this, and they think, oh yes, oh, it's still an academy. Whereas no, it's not. It's, it's not. It's more of a, it's more of a, extent a program. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the boys are not the elitist. They're more. I mean, that yeah. second or third level sort of thing. Um, and that's where some boys. I think that's where some boys think. They think well. They, it's not their fault, but I can see them understanding. Think they they need similar power to. Other academies, if they don't know, yeah. yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Um, so we'll finish off. Mm-hmm. So, what is what's next for you? I know, obviously, you've got you've got your coaching and stuff that you're doing the one to one. Are you in the future any management, any teams, or are you just? Um, at the moment, or you, you can never say never. At the moment, I, I want to concentrate on my business. I want to make it as the best it can be. Uh, I want to, like I said, I'm trying to get into working with football agents and stuff like that and try and work with individual elite youngsters or elite players in, when, as I want to can. So the goal for me is, is that niche, that market, to get involved with those sort of type of players and, and and boys. So the goal for me is to just keep trying to push the business and go into that side of it, really. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um well thank you very much, Ku, for coming on. No problem. It's nice talking to you, man. Yes, it was great to talk to you, mate. Um hopefully the business goes well and yeah. we'll see some players in the near future that have been developed under Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. All I need is one. I mean, what's name he's doing well at Farnborough as well, isn't he? It's that, that CJ fella. Yeah, CJ's yeah. doing well. He's doing all so right. He, he, he's, he's, he's come through and he's, yeah. he's playing regular for Farnborough. He's been there seven years now. Six, this is seventh year, I think. So he's doing well that way. Yeah. So he's came through the ranks. So, yeah, so he's good. Yeah, I've had all the players, obviously, from elsewhere. But, yeah, but he's, it, my goal is always nice to see players develop and go the better as they come or players go in a different field and see them um shine and do do the best yeah. uh, they come for for themselves and yeah so yeah and um, start so like i always keep in touch i mean not just with you but any of the players i've done it i've done many and and I, i'm really really first to say they're doing well in this or they're doing well in that or they're progressing football i mean see so yeah, at least i had a little bit of that journey of their journey when they were so yes, and that's yeah. When I when I see people players achieve that, whatever field they're going to, I feel yeah, I feel that I'm 
yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that as well. Yeah, feel a bit of a bit of pride, and you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, feel pride. Yes, yes, exactly. Definitely. Well, let's hope there's plenty more to come then, Koo. Yes, let's hope so. <laughs> Thank you very much, mate. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Cheers, Take mate. care.